approximately a quarter of small businesses began with no financing whatsoever. According to smallbizgenius.net. All right, all right, all right. Hello, it's your girl Dawn with Research Shows. This is our season two finale. So we have a whole heap of guests that will be on this particular episode. I have lost count. I think we're in the realm of five or six. It might increase. I do not know. So we're going to jump right into national news, current events. So, I'm going to start off with a sad story. This is, this story is reported, I'm um, reading from CNN's uh, website, November 22nd, 2021. There was a Christmas parade in Wisconsin, uh, about 20 miles uh, west of Milwaukee. And five people were killed and 40, 40 were injured in a complete chaotic event it was a guy that basically took his suv and just barreled through the crowd running over people this is in the middle of a parade his name was darrell e brooks 39 of milwaukee basically he has been charged they said the motive is unknown they're confident that he, he has uh, worked alone and there's no evidence that this is a terrorist event so basically there are five victims that they have died um ranging all ages these are a lot of elderly people too 79 years old 71 52 52 and 81 my goodness and there are multiple children that have been set to have surgery three are listed in critical condition four in serious condition six in fair condition this is just Horrific and it speaks volumes as to the state of um, chaos in the United States of America, which honestly stuff like this has become normalized. So we've we're to the point where we're getting used to mass shootings to where it's like, oh yeah, what's the last one that just happened? There's so many that's happened that it's hard to keep track. And now, you know, we're starting to see people running over people with their vehicles it's like i do understand um gun reform and stuff like that and i know that's a whole different subject but now we're floating into what i was actually saying some time ago when i speak to people about this it's a bigger issue it's a serious mental health issue in this country it's like to, to any level of it's, it speaks to the volume of how much insanity there is in this country to where how you can actually get in your vehicle and make a decision to go and drive and run people over. This is beyond insane. All right, so we're gonna move on to our second story. This is actually local news. This, I do not remember being all across my timeline or anything like that. This is courtesy of the Baltimore Sun. This, was, this happened back in August of 2021. There was a relative, I believe this was the aunt, and they ended up pulling this lady over and found the remains of two children in the trunk. 
Yes, it was the honor. I'm reading the article now. Her name was Nicole Johnson. She's been charged in connection with their death. So, the children were found during a routine traffic stop in Essex, Maryland. So, Jocelyn's body, um, I believe that's one of the children's names, was reportedly inside the suitcase for more than one year. So how the aunt became, I guess, custodian of these children was back in 2019, where I believe this was her sister, Dashiell Johnson, moved to Maryland from Ohio and could no longer care for the children. So the auntie took over and clearly that wasn't the best decision, but who, you know, no judgment. I can't say anything about what, can, you know, what state of mind that mother was in at that time when she couldn't handle taking care of her children. So upon um, when they said it was an interview by the homicide detective, they said that the aunt was in a hotel in what looks like Baltimore and she became angry and hit the child several times, causing the child to hit her head on the floor. So clearly it was some type of injury to the head because then she was saying after that, that's when she decided to put the body into a suitcase and then put the suitcase to her car. Now I just want the reason why this really stood out to me because i'm look watching that netflix documentary uh um, i'm sorry drama you remember when he killed he killed somebody and the, the body was in the trunk and somebody was smelling the smell and that's what made me think of that when i'm looking at this story like what in the world kind of craziness is that that you drive around with that smell that shows your state of mind just like them children that um their brother passed i believe that was in texas to where the mother had left them all alone in an apartment um this year and for them to sit in the apartment and smell that body to the point where neighbors are smelling all this it's like you have to be in a certain type of trauma or excuse me terrible state of mind to actually sit and smell it now me personally i have never smelled a dead body but from my understanding it's a horrific smell anytime people can smell it through um different floors of a building you know to where it makes them want to call authorities to do something about it so upon reading the article further it was saying that i believe this was the boy's father that passed that father was incarcerated so this was a single mother basically struggling it's hard out here anyway if you sit here married uh a lot of times that's what we have that's why we have a lot of households where it's two income households so she was by herself single and then she trusted her sister to raise them children all right so we're gonna take this quick commercial break and when we get back we'll probably go ahead and start our first interview you are listening to a song by the name of for the streets by a musical artist by the name of soleil spelled s-o-l-e-i-l-l-e please go to her link tree to see any details of any of her links which is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash forward slash soleil soleil is a black noise artist hailing from the dmv silver spring maryland area to be specific she began writing music from the ripe age of seven from then she knew music was her calling she's been singing acting and performing 
with one of her most notable achievements being that she performed twice at the famed Kennedy Center at the ages of 13 and 14. Her music was recently featured on an episode of Sisters produced by Tyler Perry. Alright, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to that commercial. We're going to jump right into our first interview, which is Kristan Pender of Global Music Group. So take a listen and hold tight. All right. Hello, 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 everybody. This is your girl, Dawn, for Research Shows. And today we have Kristan Pender, founder and partner of Global Music Group. So how are you today, Kristan? Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm doing pretty so well. well. So happy to be here with you. Yes, it is so wonderful to have you here. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into this. Thank you for having me. Okay. Yes. So, Kristan, basically, since we are talking to one of the founders, what made you start the business and what's behind the name, Global Music Group? Um, the, <clears throat> the name behind Global Music Group actually was established before um, I came on board. It was John Howell. He actually started this um, LLC prior to us meeting. We met in the studio and Global Music Group. It just made sense once we decided to go into the venture. I decided to just keep what he had already established. Oh, okay. And then what, what? what's your interest? I know we was, you know, in the church and the music and you feeling your soul. Is that any part of how it, you know, your love for it and why you wanted to become one of the yeah. That's that's everything that has to do with it because um, I always say now enjoy the complexities of your character and not your emotions. So yeah. when I first got into this business, it was like really emotional. My, my artist hat was on. I wanted to sing. I wanted to dance. I wanted to be the artist. Um, and then after meeting with and being introduced to Jay, he showed me the backside of it. You know, like how you actually need to make it how you make a song and, and how you produce it and in the background of it so i'm like okay well i want to incorporate what i already have as a passion and make it technical like this is my industry this is what i love so how do i make myself a one-stop shop and one thing with jay and i i used to always jokingly say i'm looking for my jenny jam and terry lewis as related to music you know because janet had done music prior to but until she got with them it, it didn't really stick and when I right. met John, it just stuck. It was like, okay, I trust this guy. His business acumen is there. Um, very professional. Has a has a clear vision that they're able to articulate, not just um, verbally, but also on paper, make it executionable. You know, is that a word? <laughs> Am I making a word? <laughs> well, you made it sound fabulous, honey. <laughs> it's look, it's <laughs> so alright so we're going to flow into how long has it been open how long has Global Global Group been around um, Global Music Group was established um, legally in 2010 and we picked up in 2012 from which you have seen our efforts with the Global Music Group um self-made series that we did online we've um, had artists who have performed 
opened up for Kate Michelle at the convention center. You know, we've had our successes. We've been on the billboards, um, placing top 50 with our um, artists that we worked with on the single in LA. So it, it's a lot of ups and downs, but you know, it's, oh. it's like when you have a passion for it, yeah. Nice. Okay. So let's see here. How has the pandemic affected your business? And if it did at all, some people it doesn't affect them. Well, oops, sorry about that. You all right. <laughs> um, well, for me, um, what are you laughing at me? Yes, I'm laughing at you, of course. Are you laughing at me? So no, no. So the, the um, oh, pandemic, man. I would say, I would say, so my business was kind of affected prior to pandemic, just because of life choices and just um, you know, the capacity of what needs to be done from a manager's and partnership perspective. I would say that I was in a place to really produce on the level where I wanted to. So right now, I'm just like looking at the intellectual property, what we have now and how I can resurface and, and revise that and push that without the influx of needing the money. We've already put so much money into what we did five years ago. Why not just remix that, you know? Right, absolutely. Look at you. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so proud, proud of you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go to this next question. <laughs> Our next question is What are your five year goals? Where do you okay. see Global Music Group in five years? Like, your, if you can have your wildest dreams come true. Well, in fact, years it would be ideal to be in that circle of music that's on the radio where we have mm -hmm. writers um we have producers who are getting placements um not necessarily taking the find an artist and back them kind of like find the producers who the artists are going to get to we need to be in that circle you know so i think once we get into the um publishing our publishing company we also have this 360 world publishing which is different from global music group so we've published everything through our own publishing company so nice trying to get a um yeah so everything that you see global music group we we own in every capacity so the idea would be to partner with a larger scale like a sony and you know give us some front money and then see how we work but we're, the ball is going to keep rolling regardless nice all right so my last question <laughs> is okay advice for somebody like let's say i i want to be in the music industry or i want to be or have like a music a global music group of my own um what advice would you give somebody who wants to follow in your footsteps okay well you'll never have a global music group of your own because it's all time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to be in this industry, I will say, if you're going to be, <laughs> if you're going to be in this industry, you have to be able to be sincere to it. No matter which capacity you're in it, whether it's technical or the producer doing the engineering, um, those sessions can go long, the mixing can be long. It depends on how you want to be in the industry because, I mean, entertainment is 
itself, music crossovers to, to series now. Um, movies pick up your record and play it, you know, during their credits. There's so many different ways to be in the music industry. My advice would be to first find out the capacity in which you want to operate. Right. Okay. I like that first part, though. There would never be another um, global music group. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like the confidence. I like it. <laughs> okay. I heard your question, baby. <laughs> so, I want you to <laughs> tell everybody where they um, give me your social media handle, whatever you want to give me, your dot com, whatever. I want you to say it, so, and that's how we're going to end this. <laughs> All right, visit with, for all of our material um, and access to every social media page. You want to go to theglobalmusicgroup.com. Nice. Thank you so much, Kristan. This was lovely. <laughs> I love you so much. All right, I'll talk to you later. Love you too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for listening to that wonderful interview I had with Chris Stone. So we're going to go into my second segment and we're going to talk about customer service. So this is when I first started realizing that there is a problem or a, a serious problem in the United States of America following the um onset of the pandemic COVID-19 pandemic so I'll say that because it was such a change you know I think that it's when you deal with mental health and when there are large changes even when you change a job you got to get used to you know you got to reset your body to you know get ready to get to know all these new people this and that that's just basic change and you kind of adjust within a few months but this was significant basically you watched an entire country shut down you watched the whole world shut down we can only leave when we're told to um some people were um like me i had to shut an entire business down that has never happened i've been in business for 20 years couldn't work at either job uh one of my jobs i considered stable i could not do that um because i worked in a nursing home as the manager of the nursing home salon i was just like just shock so that in general gonna send somebody or anybody into a state of panic so this particular um, news article that I'm reading from is from theguardian.com and this basically to paraphrase they were US hospitals are outfitting nurses with panic buttons amid a rise in assaults so basically the first part of the article which is actually kind of shocking. They were talking about how it was a, a patient who was severely ill and unaware of his actions, woke up out of nowhere and just start swinging. Now, that is not what I thought when I first read it. So upon going further down the article, it speaks about, uh, it was a, a nurse named Lynn Yagi who became a nurse in 1991, who is currently the chief nursing officer and vice president of clinical services at the Branson Hospital and Lynn basically said there's always been violence against healthcare workers but that I've seen an escalation of that in intensity and in the number of incidents so this is the thing about dealing with the public it is 
it can be very very difficult and challenging at times because you're dealing with people who not everybody seeks help for their mental health not even self-help you know go on youtube or whatever some people they just flat out is in straight up denial and they are breaking mentally and you're basically bearing the brunt of that being in being a service worker or being in customer service so you have to basically learn how to keep straight faces uh, monotones not screaming it is like the boot camp for self-control and i want to use this particular example that i just finished talking about in regards to the hospital as a catalyst for what i'm about to say <laughs> in my experience being 20 years i graduated hair school in 2000 so I, I, I went straight from high school into hair school. And in 20 years, I have never experienced this level of insanity when it comes to clients. There are some regular clients, absolutely, not many. But then the newer clients who maybe they're looking for a new hairdresser because they've scared the mess out of their previous hairdresser. But these people have a new level of insanity. I can't even dish out the policies fast enough. If you go on uh, my YouTube channel, I've had to start doing video like vlogging without even my face because I just can't even dish it out fast enough. I just, you know, have my voice saying whatever the new policy is and then try to update my FAQ page to match it. But the reason why I'm hurrying up and, you know, shelling these things out is because it's for liability protection because people are so crazy. They're so crazy. They'll sue you, you know, like, I mean, completely. They'll sue you and then pretend like, you know, they never did anything wrong and then, you know, I don't have time for this this is crazy so basically in 20 years i've never had to come up with formal policies but this forced me to become a more efficient business person and have to you know dish out policies so for example let me give you an example oh yeah that's on a youtube channel it was this psychopath and basic long story short this lady came off a of groupon she came in, got her hair done. I took pictures of it, video, you know, because I thought it was a cute style. Sometimes I don't take pictures, but uh, anyway, she left. I go back and look at Groupon because I just happened to glance. So I wasn't paying attention. And then she had said she never got her hair done. So I'm stuck like I couldn't believe this because this was to me, I think it's the epitome of insanity. Like when we see police officers with police brutality and then it's like, but they on camera. Like, are you crazy? I think that you have reached a certain level of insanity when you're on camera and then you've reached this grandiose um, level of thinking where you think, well, I can out talk and I can outsmart whomever and whatever and think that everybody is just on this certain level of lack of intelligence which i think that you have reached a new level of insanity so basically when i was talking to the lady and i'm like i couldn't believe this because this have never happened like this before and when i sent her proof of her in the picture she literally said that's impossible i mean can you believe this that's impossible it's impossible you in the video i mean really Did oh my god um another person and these people get fired another person i've never had to fire this many people so often 
the guy was getting his hair done. I remember he didn't show up in April. And it stuck in my brain. I said, yeah, I'm going to get him when he come back around. So when he came back around, it was probably October. He like, yeah, I want to, you know, hey, can, can I get my hair done? I said, no. You, you, I mean, I said, you ain't show up the last time. He told me that I was tripping and that he did come, but he saw me doing somebody else's hair. And then I looked at him like, F you. So then he just walked away. Wow. So all I could do, I have a mouth open on the phone. I just say, yeah, you have a nice day hung up the phone. So I remember my son saying, oh, my goodness, mom, you're so mean. How am I mean when you are trying to reroute my reality? Like you are 100% evil and insane. Like, <laughs> let me just hang up now and fire you. So I had to send him in writing because he if he's that crazy, he'll pretend something and sue me. I, people crazy. So basically, I said, you know, you're not welcome back. Here goes a fire. I had to do a whole fire video. So all this to say, it, it had to, I, have, I have had to really thoroughly look look at my FAQ page. I think it's called uh, 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 tinyurl.com forward slash DM Salon questions. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it's... Uh, it's like all of the things I have to keep constantly updating and adding because people are finding new lows of scamming. It's like, this is crazy. And it is not a coincidence that is going hand in hand with the pandemic. Like, yeah, you had your crazies. Absolutely. Prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic, it just has just to me multiply the number of people who is suffering in mental health if they what you know and it's like what is wrong with these people so i just want to get my point of view i have a whole segment called tales from a hairdresser I, yeah that's called that's tinyurl.com forward slash tales from a hairdresser where you can see all of these uh policies i had to come up with and just dishing them out you know so we're going to stop it right here. We're going to go right into our second interview, which will be Miss Natalie Moore of Natalie Moore Real Estate. So stay tuned. All right. And this is your girl, Dawn, with Research Shows. And today we have Miss Natalie Moore, and she is a Maryland real estate agent and investor so how are you doing today miss natalie i'm doing great how about yourself dawn i'm doing pretty good so we're going to jump right into this what made you start um your business and get into the career field of real estate so i had been running businesses for other companies for 30 plus years and after I wanted to be in more control of my, you know, what I'm doing for a living and so on in my company. And that's, you know, as a real estate agent and investor, you're your own business, you're your own entrepreneur. And I really like that. And, you know, that allows me more time to work with my clients as well as things that I want to do. And also giving back to the community, which is huge for me. Yes, absolutely. Because I do notice that a lot on your social media. <laughs> so oh, that's really excellent. You. I do. Good. And so number two, how long have you been doing real estate? 
So, like I said, I've been in management for over 30 years. And okay. I um, streamlined that, you know, and left, you know, three years ago. Okay. And, and haven't looked back. It's the best decision I ever made. Okay. And let me see. Um, if you could go into the title real quick for me, like in regards to being an investor, because we all know what a real estate agent is, but if you could describe what exactly is it to me, you know, for you to be an investor, what is that? So as an investor, there's a lot of different things that you can do. You can be a capital partner who only invests money with people who are investing in properties. You can actually be purchasing the home and renting it out. You can be purchasing a home and redeveloping it. Um, you know, and the, the goal there, and actually for both, is to buy low, sell high. Um, you know, do the renovations that you need to do. And, you know, honestly, as a good redeveloper, you're going to make that house look brand new and it's going to be less expensive than new construction. You're going to be able to turn it faster than new construction. So there's a lot of advantages to redeveloping properties, but also as buyers to purchase a redeveloped home rather than waiting for new construction. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that the older homes are built better. I guess they, you know, they put more into it than they are in these newer constructions. As I noticed when we were looking. Mm -hmm. And so. it, it really all depends, you know, because there are a lot of different code standards now that new construction, you know, is following and doing things differently than the homes were, you know, in the older homes that were built. Right. Absolutely. Because you could tell the difference. I know we were looking in um, an area further up in Maryland and my husband was looking like, why does the window look like this? You know, like he could tell <laughs> that it wasn't the same as when you go into a house that's built 20 years earlier. So, yeah. So let me go into number three. So how has the pandemic affected your business, if at all? Actually, I have been so much busier since the pandemic um, and in a couple of in different ways, you know, real estate, you know, I really thought that once the pandemic start, the lockdown started, that, you know, real estate was really going to kind of close down itself as well. And I have to say that I was busier more since the pandemic than I was prior to the pandemic. And part of that is... You know, there's not a lot of inventory, so you know there there is a moratorium. There has been a you know moratorium on evictions, foreclosures, so that also you know leads to less inventory on the market. But at the same time, with the moratorium on people having to pay their rent and their mortgages, it has you know had some landlords rethinking, do I really want to continue down this route or do I want to sell and, you know, get the money out of it and move on to something else? Um, but overall, I would say that we have been so much busier, but at the other side of it, on the investor side, it is taking a little bit longer as far as permits, inspections and things along those lines. Um, and then also materials and, you know, the, you know, the 
housing market has skyrocketed, you know, costs for materials, appliances and all of that have gone up, but it also takes longer to get those materials and appliances and so on. So your turn time on redeveloping properties takes a little bit longer. Um, but as far as the, you know, home sales, it's skyrocketed because they're, because of a limited inventory. And, you know, there are so many people buying, aggressively buying above and over appraisals, which is now raising pro property values, which in turn helps everybody else in that area with their property values. So people who, you know, purchased a home just a year and a half ago have a pretty good, you know, have pretty good um, home equity in their homes already. But if you've owned your home for years, it has definitely helped your equity as far as how much ownership you have. And then your buying power to sell and then repurchase. Wow. I am so glad you explained that. And I'm so glad I asked that question because I was wondering, I'm like, how is housing going up? That don't make any sense. But you, you really broke that down. <laughs> that is really interesting about the landlords that's just like, let me just sell it as opposed to sit there and hold on to it, you know, and well, renting it out. That's really interesting. What happens is if the renter is not paying their rent for mortgage, but, you know, depending on your lender, it may be a balloon payment that's due once the pandemic ends. And not everybody can do that. Um, and it it really all depends on the actual lender as to how that's written and how it's agreed upon because they're not going to just, you know, the banks, the lenders and so on are a business themselves and they can't continue to go and, you know, do business if they're not getting paid. So it's a trickle down effect. Wow. Okay. So let me go into number four like in your wildest dreams what where would you like to see natalie Moore real estate in the next five years honestly i'm kind of happy where i am and what i'm doing mm -hmm. maybe expand into a couple more states but i really i'm i'm at a good place in my life where i have a lot of i i want to say balance but you know nothing in life is balanced Right. But, you know, being in real estate does allow me to set my own schedules so that I don't miss the important things in life. And, you know, I am committed to a lot of my community service. And, and you know, it really allows me to do that where, you know, before this, I was tied to a business and I let that business dictate my life all too right. much. I, you know, I wouldn't take vacations and I wouldn't do you know, different things. And I would miss, you know, things that were important to my family because of work. But, you know, being in real estate, you know, has allowed me to do all of those things. Wow. That is really good. And it, I'm, I'm really happy for you. And I hope I can arrive to that position where I'm like, I'm, I'm good where I'm at right now. That's my goals. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and, I mean, so, I I and the thing is, is that I love what I do. Yes. Um, and I, I would just, I would hope that I can just continue. I say I love where I am in life, but I would want it to continue where I am. Um, right. 
so as, as you know, I, I don't want to, you know, go down, it, you know, I would love to continue the business stream that I'm doing um, and being able to set my own schedule, do the things that are important to me. And, you know, as long as I can continue to grow in that way, I would be thrilled. And that is excellent. So my last question is, any advice that you could give somebody who is interested in going into the real estate and investment field, what would you say to them? So they're two different animals. Um, if you are interested in real estate, I would say go out there and get your license, but right. work under a good mentor, get with a company that is going to give you training um and it's going to invest in you as well as you invest in them um you know because there are a lot of different companies that make a lot of promises and i would say speak to other agents that are with a brokerage and interview multiple brokerages um you know we all think that we work for the best brokerage um you know it took me a little bit to get you know with a brokerage that i endorse that i am comfortable with um you know and they and i and i each one taught me different things so you know i'm happy the route that i have traveled and worked with the different people that i've worked with because they've all taught me different things you know is and helped me grow um right but you know we all grow and learn and expand um, so I would say to you definitely education, a mentor, you know, especially if you're brand new and, you know, if you're not used to working on your own and so on, you know, those you've got to get, you've got to be self-disciplined. Um, right. some people are more comfortable going into the office on a regular basis. And I would say that I was that person in the beginning, but I would say I'm much more productive working from my home office now. Um, right. But I do love the camaraderie. I do like the, the feedback and bounce off of other agents and my brokers and so on. Um, so I definitely, you know, would recommend that. But it's all about education and the people you surround yourself with. Um, as far as investing, definitely, again, get a mentor, work with somebody, learn the business and kind of decide what you want to do. The biggest thing is, I would say overall, is don't jump all in on, you know, 10 different things all at once. Get, you know, kind of figure out what your niche is going to be. You know, do you want to do for sale by owners? Do you want to do buyers? Do you want to do sellers? You know, do you want to do investment property? Do you want to do wholesaling? There are so many different things and you've got to, I, you know, before you, I would spend a little bit of time in each and figure out what you is going to be best for you and what you like the most. Because as, as long as you love what you do, it's never a job. Right. Thank you for that. And I, and I will say you hold the record for the most um, detailed explanation as to what somebody should do if they want. I'm t that was very clear. And I appreciate that because I'll be trying to like say more, say more. But you, honey, you said it. Aww, <laughs> so, I, and I just also want to add, I have to add this. My husband is a very 
difficult client since I work for myself. Oh, he I was know. Not. No, he was for awesome. me. Yeah. I know. And you're awesome. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> if that was my client, he would have been fired. It's been so many instances. I'm like, oh my, oh my God. But when he, I had given up on the housing thing where I said, I don't care anymore. And me and the kids stopped going with him looking for houses because he was getting on our nerves. So right. when he found you, I was like, wow. I mean, and then he's the person that really reads energies real well. So when he liked you, I said, okay, good. Oh, so just <laughs> pick a house. I didn't even care. I had sent him four houses in Lusby. I said, just pick a house. I don't even care. And he did. And I'm just so <laughs> glad that he found you. And that's what was my thing. Why, you know, I have no problem telling everybody, yes, please go with Natalie Moore because if you can help. Uma, honey, <laughs> and, and make him happy, like the smile on his face. And he, yes, I endorse you. I will endorse you forever. <laughs> so, uh, and you are, you are excellent. Like teddy bear behind that line. Yeah, okay. he is. He is. <laughs> he is. He, he 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 holds a good poker face. So, <laughs> I I just I think that you made our real estate um our real estate experience excellent it was wonderful natalie Aww. still brings us cookies like i feel so special you know <laughs> <laughs> and i just want to say i think you're excellent realtor i really do oh <laughs> i appreciate it i loved working with you guys i love staying in touch with you guys and i mean to be honest i mean that's what real estate's all about it's all about you know relationships and you know it, to me it's not just a transaction you know, I look at each person, each couple, each family individually, but in the end, I want to have a relationship. I don't want to just, oh, here's your house, bye. I mean, right. that life is too short and that's not what it's about. Right. And I didn't know that. I thought it was just th wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and get out. But I'm <laughs> like, this has been a, um, it's been beautiful. You know, it came to our house warming and we still, you know, um, communicate back and forth. And that was like, 2018 and we're in 2021 so i just want to say that you've you've really opened my eyes to that you know where i didn't Aww. know real estate was this open it's really interesting mm -hmm. so we're going to end this on i want you to speak slowly and clearly for everybody where can they find miss natalie moore your dot com your instagram whatever you want to say um so i'm natalie moore with samson properties and my number is 410 Four seven four seven one three three. My website is nataliemoorrealestate.com and my email is nataliemoorrealestate at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Miss Natalie. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on my podcast. Oh, absolutely. I just want to thank you for the opportunity. No problem. And you have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. I love Natalie. Oh my goodness. That was my real to y'all. So we're going to go right into the next interview. Interview number three, which will be Miss Brandy Parker Niles of Imadi's Swag Salon, which is located in Prince Frederick, Maryland in Calvert County. So this is your girl Dawn with Research Shows, and today we have Miss Randy Parker Niles, co-owner of Imadi Swag Salon and Boutique. So, how are you doing today? 
Or this hey, evening? Tom. Hey, Dawn. We're doing great. Doing great. Despite yes. the pandemic and all that good stuff, we're doing wonderful. Thank the Lord. And that's wonderful. So we're going to jump right into it. What made you start the business? And then what's behind the name? Explain what does Imadi Swag Salon stand for? Okay, I'll start with that. Um, I have two daughters, Imani and Madison. So Imani is 21 and Madison is 14. And I wanted to use their name, but of course I couldn't just choose one. So one name is Imani and the other one name is Madison. So I kind of combined them and made Imadis. Okay. And, and then, then how long, um, oh no, what made you start the business? What made you, uh, what, mo- what was your motivation? Um, I was um, working for several people in the government and I just um, decided I didn't want to work um, commuting the long distance anymore. So I wanted to try something different when one of my contracts had ended um, probably like eight years ago. And I really enjoy um, like fashion and hair and I'm always buying like wigs and things of that nature. So I've just started to uh, start my own company and to invest in myself. Okay. Okay. So you already answered the second question that I was going to go into, which is how long had it been open? You said eight years. So, well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. December 1st, 2013. That is seven years. It'll be eight years of December. I'm going to, yeah, seven years. Okay. But the idea came, you know, before that, a year before that. Right. Okay. So... My third question is, how has the pandemic affected your business, if it has affected it at all? Um, at first, uh, we had to shut the doors, and that was really scary, um, you know, because the government had mandated for everybody to be um, closed. And then I said, let me think outside the box. So all the beauty supply stores was closed, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, so I said, look, I can sell me some hair. I'm just going to be honest with you on the side. And so right. we started making even more money because customers that normally don't come to my shop had no choice but to come in and buy hair because all the other big stores were closed. So, right. Yeah. So I was like, people, I said, y'all, it's some people came. I'm like, dang, they don't even talk to me or speak to me, but they had to come here to get some hair because that's the only way they was going to get it. That's the only way it's going to get it. Wow. So it that and that was a good thing. hype. That was a good, like, two months, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, I've, I've heard it from different people where um, sometimes it, it um, benefits them and sometimes it's like it's not beneficial. So it seemed like that's a good thing. It kind of expanded your retail portion of your business. So let me see. Number four, what are your five year goals? What, what in your wildest dreams would you want um, to see? in five years in regards to the Maddie Swag Salon. Okay. okay, let me ask my co-owner that. And the question, do you mind me asking her? Oh, no, that's fine. Okay. And then okay. go ahead and introduce your um your co-owner because I didn't say it, so uh, Miss Daygirl. Okay. Okay. okay, so my sister, my, my little sister is five years younger than me, and she actually is a licensed hairstylist. She's the bomb.com. Um, and I don't do hair at all, but she does a little bit of everything. So, um, 
I'm trying to figure out did Danielle did you start with me doing hair? I think we had some other stylists. She knew how to do hair. I don't think she was licensed when we started. And then it's just yeah, she was doing like braids and stuff. But I don't think that was like her main thing then, was it Danielle? No. Well anyway, it wasn't her main thing and now she's our main thing, so Okay. <laughs> it ended up being a, a blessing because she's so needed. And um so we went from me, you know, by myself to um my sister and I, which makes things a lot easier. Right. For the company. And for me. It might not be easier for her since she does hair and <laughs> but it's a lot easier when you have two people instead of one. Um, right. With the same vision, the same integrity. You know, we all want to see the business grow as well as ourselves. So with that being said, like I said, my sister's name is Danielle Parker. And Danielle, how would you envision the business five years from now? Yeah, five years ago. Five years ago. She said more online because we have a lot of products, but actually we don't have any. We use social media, but have we don't have a website that we particularly where people buy products from. Right. And she said the next thing is like online, like like e-commerce. Yes. Okay. That's a good goal. So my fifth question is, um, advice that you will want to give those who will want to pursue opening a salon and boutique. What advice would you give them? Um, well, since my mother is here, she said to hire your mother. And the reason why, <laughs> like, if, if, if you have that option, I'm going to say, please do it. Because I've had some people that work for me that wasn't, um, yeah, they wasn't for the business. They had, a, they, they had, had their own um, motives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they would actually, like, send customers away from the shop, even though they were oh, profitable no. from the shop. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> where they do that at? So I, I don't know, I don't understand, but anyway, and then um, so I don't know, is, money, I guess that, money, look, money was missing. Right. Yeah, so it was like money was missing, items were missing, um, things weren't recorded. So it was like once my mom retired and then she was in here, um, we don't have all those problems is, are gone. Thank you. Jesus. And then she so. has a lovely personality as well. <laughs> She's very welcoming. I will say that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that's the best thing I can say. I know she probably don't want to be in here forever, but right now we need her, and it's been a blessing. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. So it's like family oriented. That's really nice, you know, because yeah. it, it um it brings y'all closer and stuff. Because you could relate on a business level and on a family level. So, as we bringing this to a close, I want you to speak very clearly and tell everybody where they could find you on social media or whatever dot com you want to give us. And go ahead. Okay, you can find us on Instagram um, at Imadi's Swag Salon, and also on Facebook at Imadi's I M A D I apostrophe S Swag. And that also stands for Salon Wigs, Accessories, and Gifts. Imadi Swag Salon on Facebook as well. And then so I Facebook want you... Okay. And I want you to give me your address because I, if I'm not mistaken, you might be the first person... You might be the first business with a brick and mortar that I've interviewed. Because everybody else is just virtual. So you actually got a brick and mortar. So I want you to drop that address so anybody in Calvert County, Maryland could come to your salon. So give me that address. 
Okay, it's 318 Merrimack Court, M-E-R-R-I-M-A-C Court, Prince Frederick, Maryland, 20678. All right. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you for thinking of us. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. So you have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. According to a study, 4% of the population as a whole shows hoarding behavior, but that percentage goes up to 6.2% in adults over 55. The hoard didn't happen overnight, so why assume it will get cleaned overnight? It started room by room and it will get cleaned. Room by room by room. Free phone consultation if you set it up online, $25 if you need a staff member to do it for you. All right, and welcome back. We're going to go right into our next interview with Jamond Patterson, entrepreneur. And hello, this is your girl Dawn with Research Shows. And today we have Mr. Jamond Patterson. And he is the owner of the Entrepreneur Process, and he is a serial entrepreneur. So, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. You? I'm doing pretty good. So we're going to jump right into this. And thank you for um, coming on my show. I meant to say that to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my first question is, what made you start this business? And give us like a brief, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, explanation behind the name, the entrepreneurial process as well. So uh, I started my official journey to like get into business entrepreneurship around 2016, which is like through affiliate marketing that's network marketing. And I also then noticed that there was a need in my particular community here of Jamaica, Queens, that a lot of business owners really do not have, a, they don't really have um, a proper social media management and marketing system for their businesses. So around that time, maybe like 2017 slash 18, I tried to learn about like, you know, possibly creating like a social media marketing agency. And I invested in other people like, you know, like Ty Lopez, Billy Gina's marketing, TR Ecker. Uh, but I more so bought a course called <clears throat> HCOM. And I really learned Facebook ads and Instagram ads around that time. And I realized, wow, like I have a skill that is actually a need. Well, it's not like a need, like a basic need but it's um, a skill that a lot of business owners in my community need. So I basically started going out to different business owners to introduce to them how I could help them with, you know, online things when it comes to their business, because a lot of them are older. So the time to figure out Google, the time to figure out Facebook, the time to figure out Instagram, a lot of them, they don't have that time or if they have the time to learn, it's a completely new skill that would have to be learned. So I was trying to show them like, look, just outsource all that to me. So that's how I got into this um, business particularly. Excellent. Yeah, because there is a definite need, especially for, especially the baby boomer generation, because it's like overwhelming sometimes. So I'm going to say, how long have you been doing this? Like when did it actually open the entrepreneur process? So I officially made, uh, 
the company the company uh LLC last year around Okay. Um I think October November. However, I created a brand around 2000 and um I believe 2018ish, right? Okay. And I've been doing the work for the brand from 2017, but I had had a different LLC at that time. I was I had a, I created an LLC called Gemtech, and it was really focused around uh, basic web development and social media. But I realized, like, okay, in terms of the name, that was something I just came up with on the flash. So I basically still have been doing the skill and like you know working with different businesses, but had the whole rebrand to when I realized okay a better brand for this type of business in a long term is called the entrepreneurial process because I realized since 2017 to then what I've been always doing is helping different entrepreneurs through their process not only with social media but with a lot of uh, key things that help them with their business. So I've been doing this since 2017. uh came up with the the rebranding for my services around 2018 and I decided to officially make it a actual company um last year near the end of the year okay so my next question is how has the pandemic affected your business if it has at all so For me, yeah, the, the way the pandemic affected uh, my business particularly is that I have a small budget, so I don't do what a lot of other agencies do, where they run ads and hope you know to get clients through those ads. My my method of doing things is actually walking up and down the, the neighborhood and going to the different business owners on the commercial blocks. So essentially, when all those when when the pandemic shut everyone down it affected me because now i can't go to anybody oh so wow yeah so what do you do to compensate for that now are you like trying to brainstorm and trying to you know so for me like you know shen like uh even though it's called the entrepreneur process one thing about this is that it is a digital marketing consultation um right. social media agency ecom agency So I also like to say I practice what I preach. So I'm not just trying to uh, take on clients and do things for them. I'm now gearing into the way of possibly creating courses, but not like um, any so high-end course. Like simple. These are the basics of social media courses for those baby boomer ages, because a lot of them figure they can do it, do it themselves. So what I've done is said, okay, you know what? I you think you could do it yourself. Um when I have done it for some of them, right, even at low cost and all that, they think it's something simple. So I said, "Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create some uh small courses that cost me be 100, 150, right? And it goes through Facebook, it goes through Instagram, and I'm going to have them purchase those courses and say, "Look, if you don't want me to do it for you, here is how you do it." And I'm not going to charge your arm and a leg like, you know, certain certain businesses cuz they go into a lot of deeper stuff because what right. they eventually do is when they purchase it and say okay I could do it myself then they're going to realize wait a minute 
this it's too much. <laughs> and come back to me again. So I'm like, all right, we'll play that game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, number right. Two, <laughs> number two, since I'm in e-commerce, uh, I'm actually getting ready to relaunch um, an e-com e-com store. So this LLC, particularly, uh, I won't name them, but it owns. I I created multiple brands, Instagram pages, Facebook pages, and that's how I've tested like marketing, testing what works, you know, seeing how different people engage. Cause a lot of times the people who have influence online, they won't show you their, their, their analytics, right? right? So they have numbers, but they won't show you their analytics. So sometimes their analytics aren't really as great as it might seem from a number standpoint. So from playing with different Instagram pages for different brands, different ideas, this LLC is now the holder of those brands. So as I build them down the line, if I have to sell anything, you know, people are buying it from this LLC. So under oh. this LLC, I have particularly uh, an e-com store that I'll, I'll be relaunching that I started in 2018, but I, I failed for two reasons, uh, ran out of money. And also I wasn't properly, uh, there's just a, there's a lot I didn't know about running an e-com store and running Facebook ads and having to do the math between profit and um, breaking even. Right. So I ran out of money and I tried to relaunch it at the beginning of 2020. <laughs> and then by the time I was about to relaunch it, the whole world shut down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so now uh, I'll be relaunching it this year, actually from March 1st, but now taking all the knowledge of those key factors for e-commerce business outside of the Facebook ads and stuff. Uh, I'm better, more prepared to relaunch and properly track everything so that I can make that business successful. Okay. Yeah, that's good because you know you got to keep getting up when you're working for yourself. You cannot give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my next question will be your five-year goals. Where do you see the entrepreneurial process in five years? In five years, I see it becoming a really... Uh, a full-fledged, not single person agency. So mm -hmm. at first I wanted to avoid the responsibility of having to um, work with different businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So I was gonna go into like making courses, but at the same time, I remember I was listening to Ty, Ty, particularly Ty Lopez, and he was sharing that while it is a risk in a sense to um, invest into other companies, what some of them have done is he might own percentages in certain certain brands and certain companies that he doesn't talk about right so if i can this run in maybe a small team like like for example billy genius marketing um i don't know if you know about billy genius marketing oh yeah i know about him <laughs> exactly you know he has a small little team but they're doing millions right because right. they're working with the bigger brands and he probably, um, well, from what Ty Lopez also shared, is that he owns percentages in certain brands. So I want to build this to where it's an actual small, full-fledged agency where we can launch people's businesses for them, right? Or work with businesses that are, either go, are, are going well and scale them. And then people have the opportunity to either compensate the, the, the business to help them or give uh, what what um like a part ownership where okay 
will help do the market and stuff at a lower cost but in exchange you have to give us like you know 10% of your um your 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 whatever you get from profit and stuff like that right so, so okay it's like it's like a holding brand you know to probably hold percentage of companies and different stuff invest in different entrepreneurs and all that okay all right so my last question or um request will be could you give somebody who will want to follow behind you or um you know following your footsteps what advice would you give um somebody who is even wants to be in business or who's just getting started anything that you would like to say to those particular people um so for those who if they want to be in business or getting started uh first thing that comes to my mind is to think with a realistic point of view and not an idealistic point of view. So basically, you know, the realistic point of view is like, where am I at? What resources do I have? And what can I do? The idealistic, right. ideal, um, the idealistic point of view is like, okay, you know, I have the faith and I just hope things will work out. And the reason why I share it is because uh, a lot of times, there's a lot of influencers online who their main business is to be an influencer, right? Right. They gas things up and they make it sound like it's super simple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they won't really go back into their backstory. So you really know the finer details. So right. a lot of people like, for example, last year, out of, you know, the pandemic and emotions and even like younger people coming in who are a little bit naive right? They'll sometimes be sold into a lot of influencers and spend money investing into what influencers have or spend money trying to start their own business. But they have an idealistic view like, okay, I'm just going to open this e-com store and it's going to blow up. Or I'm just going to run one Facebook ad and it's going to blow up, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So I tell people like, have a realistic view and don't, you know, even though the motivation stuff is good, don't let them gas you up because Believe it or not, more businesses are, even though they say like, you know, a lot of millionaires and stuff are being made, more are failing. Yes. Because they had an unre unrealistic idea, unrealistic yes. idea, idea of what business is. And some people's personality types are not meant to handle that type of, um, that a type of financial loss or, you know, rejection from yes. sale. So, you know, have an idealistic view. Um, number two, going into that, um i would say understand marketing before anything else so you know before you even start a business read books on marketing we in a time where the internet you can study you can learn even if you might not be the best marketing pro social media has made things simple so understand marketing so that when you do go into a business you can know how to actually create a proper system or do things that give you a higher chance or a higher percentage rate of success. So I find a lot of business, business, um, especially the new ones that are coming online, you know, where these Facebook groups, they think they're going to spam their link in every single comment and they're going to get a sale. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, they think that, uh, they think that, you know, they're only going to post organically with the hashtags and they'll get a right. sale. Right. And then when it comes to the Facebook, Instagram ads, instead of actually learning it, cause it takes time. They think, okay, I know what to do. I'm just gonna click this, press that, and put some money here, and I'm gonna get a sale. And then, you know, they don't they don't really understand how Facebook even uses the money, right? Right. And then the next, you know, they have a five hundred thousand dollar bill. 
<laughs> that's that's true because <laughs> i'm guilty of that <laughs> you know so it's you know it's it's um it's one thing i say like you know i invested a uh, 2k when i had learned how to do the whole e-com thing and as a shit you know i ran out of money but i was actually breaking even so it was working i just ran out of money which adds to my third thing is um know your budget and work within your budget but understand that when you're working within your budget you're gonna have to the speed you can move at the speed that you will be able to move at will differ so you don't compare yourself to people so for example um based on the niche of the e-commerce store i had it was breaking even right but i was just running the ads running the ads so although things were working i wasn't analyzing my budget to say okay let me make sure i can um take care of the cost of the hosting of the store the running the ads and the posting so by the time I ran out of money, I couldn't even keep the hosting of the store up anymore and had to shut it down. So mm -hmm. this year with relaunching, I have you know different avenues of making money. My budget isn't that large to just jump all in. However, from knowing what the cost of just keeping the store up alone will help me because uh, 2018, what I did regret, and normally I don't regret anything, but what I did regret is not um budgeting to keep up the shopify particular shopify store up and i'd already generated i generated an email list of about 100 people right i had some people who were repurchasing from me a second time so the trust and everything was building for the e-commerce store so if i just even paid the bare minimum to keep it up slowly and steadily it would have built its momentum to the right. point that when you get to certain times of the year, like Black Friday and Christmas, I would have been able to leverage that and probably gain back um, what I didn't gain in the in the mid cycle of the year. So right. relaunching now, I tell a lot of people like, you know, if you know your business, keep the momentum going, keep engaging with your customers. You know, uh, even if it's 10 customers, five customers, keep engaging with them because what happened is as you build that trust for that business, when the time of the year come like mother's day father's day back to school um you know black friday christmas those are moments when people have a psychological desire to buy and once you have that trust even a small group of customers you'll be shot and be like oh you know just say like five percent off and they're gonna, they're gonna buy you know right just like that. mm -hmm. that's excellent advice and um <clears throat> i'm glad you gave those examples because that uh, the first part of what you were saying is essential for people to understand that what you're seeing on social media with these influencers is not always what it appears to be. And you don't know the backstory. And it's a lot of times you get a whole lot of no's, you know, and if you're not used to that rejection, you'll just be, you know, you'll break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I just want you to leave. We're going to end this interview with you leaving your social media information, whatever you want anybody to know. I want you to say like your dot com or your Instagram. Where can anybody find you? So main place to go is the entrepreneurial process dot com. When you put that um, link into the when you put that link in your um, your search bar or your web engine or whatever it will automatically redirect you to the YouTube channel, which is called the entrepreneurial process. And that's where you can subscribe to see more content. And I talk about more tips like this, as we're talking about in terms of the Facebook and the Instagram page, I don't really use them because the goal okay. is just to build up uh, the YouTube channel and create content around business. And as I shared my 
my I actually have different businesses that I'm running under the LLC, which is why there's not much content going there. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on Research Shows. I really appreciate it. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. You. you have a nice. You have a nice evening. You too. Okay. Alright, so we're going to go right into our next interview with our next entrepreneur. So hold tight and stay tuned. <laughs> Hello everybody, it's your girl Dawn with Research Shows. And today we have Miss Chelsea. So I want you to tell us exactly what is your business, what exactly you do. Explain it to everybody. All right, Dawn. First of all, thank you so much for having me on today. It is such a pleasure. Um, I am the owner, founder of Perceptive Reflections. Perceptive Reflections is a custom t-shirt, tumbler, um, apparel, and keepsake business. I'm also getting um, Sweet Spot by Queen, which is an aromatherapy, um, soap, and uh, all hygiene care business. Okay. So... I want you to tell everybody how long you've been doing this. I've been making t-shirts for about, I've been creating t-shirts for about th two years. I've been okay. um, in this, um, actually I've had it as a business for about a, almost a year now. Okay. And then, um, let me see, what was your inspiration behind, what is the actual name of your business? I don't even think I asked you that. The name of it is the name of my custom keepsake and apparel business is Perceptive Reflections. Okay, and then um, what was the inspiration behind the name? Whew. Um, it always goes <laughs> over people's heads. So, um, perceptive uh, means to be able to give insight on something, and of course, um, reflections just means um as if in a mirror so to me perceptive reflections came about um i prayed about it um i asked um <clears throat> to just give a name that was different something that that meant something to me and it was during the time that i was just beginning on my spiritual journey and so you know all about that third eye awakening um right so to be able to so perceptive reflections is um just being able to give a vision through the eyes of someone else so when I, I like it thank you when i get ready to create that's what i do i'm bringing the vision that you gave to me through your eyes so i like I that a custom piece for you is is your vision on a shirt i like that thank you so what actually inspired you to even begin to get into this um, I have two small children. I have a five and a nine year old. I have the best of both mm -hmm. worlds. Um, everything that was offered at one point from a lady that I was purchasing from seemed to just be um, either a mom and a son or a mom and a daughter. They didn't necessarily work for me because they didn't have both. So I was like, well, what can I do to, um, you know, to, to have something that represents me as a mom? Um, everything was always kind of like... Um, you know, clubbish. I don't not people who wear clubbish, but I'm not clubbish. I'm a mom. Times two. Right. Small business owner. 
and I just wanted something that represented me. So I started making my own t-shirt designs. Um, and that's where it came from. Started nice. High- and then after a while, you said you're going to take it serious. I took it serious. Um, I took it serious. How has the pandemic affected your business? Because you said you started a year ago. So you started right at the cusp of this whole chaotic mess. So I, how how has that I been? Actually started, I actually got started right after, the, well, a couple of months after the pandemic came because it's about to be a year in August that I've had my LLC and that I got everything um, business like for my, my business. It actually became a business in August. Okay. Um, so how, how has that been like the, how um how did it actually affect your business or if it did some people it didn't affect their business actually, at all I started, I started in the middle of the pandemic so um this was around the time where everybody was kind of you know um filing for um when that um when that first stimulus had came so business was pretty good at first um it had slowed yeah. down significantly but it, I'm looking for something else to be able to add to my custom business so that it won't yeah. be about t-shirts. You know, because I mean, everybody don't need a t-shirt every day. So I also yeah. offer tumblers, um, grant frames. You know, I can customize anything for um, whatever occasion. Right, absolutely. How do you deal with the unpredictable nature of being an entrepreneur in regards to income? How do you deal with that? That is hard. How do I deal with uh, uh with with um you know how it's unpredictable? I'm sorry. How do you deal with the unpredictable nature of being an entrepreneur in regards to income? <laughs> My whole life. Um, as far as income, I always make sure that I'm doing something where I can make money. Right. That can okay. be teaching a cricket class, teaching. How to design, how to um, I babysit, um, I walk a dog, um, I pet sit, I house sit, you know, just for me to be able to make some money. So I've always had my hand in a cookie jar somewhere. Right. Absolutely. And that goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur, always having like something on the side, something where you generate some type of income. You got to because if you depend on one thing, you'll be lost. Yeah, absolutely. So... Oh, this is a good one right here. How do you deal with jealous competition as opposed, as well as how do you deal with friendly competition? Have you encountered that yet? Because that I've been in it a long time. Have you encountered that? Do you recognize it when somebody's jealous of you? I don't really, I, it doesn't really phase me. Okay. Um, I try to vibrate on the high level so I don't have to worry about the negativity. Right. If somebody is jealous, then that is on their own. That's on them. You know, that's not on me. Um, as far as me, I try, I'm, I'm willing to help a person who's even doing the same thing as me. My only competition is myself. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. So w- let me know your five year goals, like in your wildest dreams, where do you see your business? I would, I would love for a perceptive reflections and for a sweet spot by queen to be both household names. I would like to be recognized by families for my all natural soap for my all natural butter, uh, body butters. I would like to be known for being able to create um, memories, keepsakes, um, 
when a relative passes, I can make those flags. I can do the decals. I can make the t-shirts. I can do the tumblers. I can do pretty much anything. And I, I've also set up parties. So once again, jack of all trades. I'm kind of moving around all the time trying to find something to do. Right. Okay. And then my last question is advice you would give people wanting to follow in your shoes. Oh, I hope I have big feet because my feet are mighty small. But if someone, <laughs> the best piece of advice that I give is um, just stay consistent. Um, be right. careful of what you post on social media. Um, separate your business from your personal. Right. That that's, is so true. That's the thing that opens up a lot of people because they're not realizing that. Okay, you know, you have your social media for your personal and then you mixing your, your business with it. Okay, well, then you make a, a statement about your personal life on your business profile. People are going to use it. Yes, Word they of will. mouth has the ability to ruin a business, to tarnish a business forever. So, um, I can give a story real quick. Um, I was talking to this lady who lived in, a, who lives in Virginia. And she was telling me, she was like... Um, she was like, um, let me tell you something. She was like, I always tell people to give give the pickle effect when they when they're dealing in business. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of know what you mean. So if I offer a t-shirt and um you order 10 t-shirts, well, nine times out of ten, I'm gonna try try to put a small little freebie inside. Um, that's giving you the right. pickle effect. I do canvases. So if I give you an eight by ten canvas, the apron, the paintbrush, the watercolors. And that's normally all people ever give. Well, I'm going to send you with a bottle of water and the cup. Yes. Because that's giving you that pickle thing. You're going to want to come back to me simply because I gave you something extra that the other people didn't. Right. My customer service is what's going to win you over. And in addition to that, you're going to want to come back simply because I gave you something extra. So the story was, the lady said that this guy went to a, um, a local diner in his town every day uh, for years. Everybody knew him at the diner. Um, you know, everybody was old staff. Um, so he would eat the same thing every day. He would have a sausage biscuit and a coffee. Once he finished with his coffee, they would bring him another coffee and a pickle. Well, they never charged him for the second cup. Uh, and they never charged him for the pickle. So a new lady had started working at the diner. Well, that new lady didn't know him, so she charged him for the pickle. Well, he was upset about the pickle. So what did he do? He went around and he told everybody... People who had been ate there before, you know, don't go bad. They nasty. They this, they that. People who had never eaten there before, oh, you don't want to try it. Um, they charge me for this pickle. As where that seems small, the he had been told so many people with big names that nobody wanted to visit. Right. So now he's tarnished the business simply because he was mad about a pickle. Right. So in business, always give that, always give that pickle effect absolutely a small little something a token of appreciation to show your customer that hey this is this is for me i want you to know um when i do my soap boxes i give um if i make the wipes i try to send like a packet of free wipes maybe two so you can get an idea if you're going to like it or not you know um right when i do the candles i send like a free wax milk or something like that right 
And that's important. It was actually an Asian lady who told me about that um, some years ago. And I never paid attention to it. Every time I went to the beauty supply store, they always throw extra stuff in the bag. And I never paid attention to that. She said, you have to give your clients free stuff. You have to keep giving it. And that does make a difference. Like I do customer appreciations and stuff like that. It ain't nothing but going to the Dollar Tree and making cute little bags. But it puts a smile on their face. Exactly. And most of them said they had never had a hairdresser get them a customer appreciation bag. And I'm like, really? And I, I just, I just, after this a pandemic, it, it opened. A lot of people aren't focused on the passion of it. They just want the money part. Yep. And you got to make yourself stand out from your competition. So, you know, I know my competition ain't giving no goodie bags. I know they ain't sitting there having... Look, when they come in, honey, they got complimentary snacks, complimentary water. You know what I'm saying? So when they come in, they feel special, you know? And, um, yeah, that is important. I was going to ask you what the pickle effect was. I said, what is that? I'm going to Google this after I get off here. <laughs> so I'm glad you explained it. So I'm, I'm so. glad that you work on an ask because a lot of people don't know about the pickle effect. So that's a word to the wise, a word to the business owners, entrepreneurs, hustlers, all of those in between. I like that. And I will, I will hold tight to that story. <laughs> so, all right, Miss Chelsea, I just want to thank you so much for coming on my show. I really appreciate this. You're very welcome, Dawn, and thank you so much for having me, love. And um, and if anybody, oh, go ahead. Custom T-shirts, look for me on on Facebook at Perceptive Reflections. Website is coming soon, and an Etsy. Shirt. And I'll transfer that to you so you can share that around for me. Yes, please. And thank you because I'm like off my game. Thank you so much for saying that because I normally always say that. Give me, drop your IG, drop your Facebook. Girl, you on it. <laughs> you is on it. So yeah. um, I just want to thank you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day. It's so very welcome. Okay. Sixth Sense Publishing, writing, editing, publishing, coaching, engagement. Amplify your message. We help you provoke positive action and reaction within your audience. Visit us online today at sixthsensepublishing.com and you can hear this. Are you an aspiring or experienced writer that is facing one of these common writing problems? Select the problem that you are facing by clicking an option on the screen. Get started today by selecting one of our interactive selections on the video. This business is not affiliated with the research departments. Are you looking for a home within the state of Maryland? Lolita Clark is a Maryland realtor looking to serve your needs. Check out her listings at listwithlolita.com or you can call or text her at 703-772-3873. Again, that's 703-772-3873. This company is not affiliated with the research departments.
All right, thank you for hanging in here with us. We have one more commercial before our very last interview. So please hold tight and stay tuned. It's a short commercial break, less than 60 seconds. Are you looking for something to do this weekend in the DMV area? Well, look no further than our app. It is available currently only on Android. Search for the research departments. We list events as well as we will search for events for you. This ad was brought to you by the research departments, theresearchdepartments.com. All right, thank you so much for listening. We're going to float right into the very last interview. This is somebody who was like a mentor to me. Now, this interview was so long. Because <laughs> when I interview, it'd be like a conversation a lot of times. So we're going to like break this up and then probably continue the rest of the interview on season three. So season three. I have not set a tentative date yet. I've already surpassed the first tentative date, so it's better just to wait. So without further hold up, we're going to go right into Dr. Rome's Rome Tucker of Third Eye Open. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, so we live. We're going to try this again. We had some technical difficulties earlier. And let me record on here. So this is Dawn of Research Shows. And today is a special segment because we are going to be interviewing uh, uh, Dr. Rome. And he is our financial literacy teacher. And we want to start out. First, I want to say thank you for coming on, Dr. Rome. And how are you today? I am doing great, Dawn. Uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Um, it, I know now that you're an author, world-renowned author, and everything. It's going to be hard. To, it's going to be hard to get on with you. So I'm glad to grab this time with you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right into this first question, which is, what is the concept of three O, and what is the message that your company is conveying behind that message, and how it's you know, mingling with the retail site, and then also um, the reason why you want us educated people in regards to financial literacy. Okay, uh, 3EO stands for Third Eye Open. Right. And it was a concept I came up with um, once I started, um, when I first found out about financial literacy, as I, as I was saying earlier, I uh, right. joined a company called Amway. And in joining right. the company, they taught us about business. They told us to read a book called Magic of Thinking Big. It shifted how I thought. And from okay. that moment on, like, what I wanted to do was share with our community the information I learned. And people just look at it as network marketing. But there's so much about business that they teach you. So from wow. that came the concept of Third Eye and teaching people and sharing with them information that that's not taught to us in school, particularly about money. I think understanding money, everything is commerce. And once we kind of understand how money works, we can look at all the elements of our life through lens of money. Now, some people say, well, you shouldn't look at, you know, everything is not about money, yada, yada, yada. 
everything. Right. Money is involved in everything, everything. And it dictates how that works. So I, I, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And we can ask, I can ask these questions of, of anyone that's watching this. Um, are you, are you in business? Do you own and operate a business? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, and everyone that's listening should have answered that. Yes. Everyone, because everyone has a business business. The purpose of business is to make a profit. So what's a profit? Profit is when um, you receive back in exchange more than you give. That's a profit. The profit is the, is the difference between what you give and what you receive back. That fat, that's profit. Well, how do you determine profit? Well, when, when you're talking about profit, it's determined by the value, right? The value of something. Let's say um, I'm selling widgets and um, to you, it's very important that you get a widget because you need one today and it's you know, some change of life. So you're willing to, the value of it is higher to you versus someone who doesn't necessarily need it. It's right. uh, something that they can have. So, so you'll be willing to pay more for it than someone who doesn't really need it. So the value of it is higher to you. Okay. okay. So, so once you have the value and that's determined by who is paying for it. Right. And once we can understand from, so from value, from the value, the profit, the value, and now what's the cost? The cost is what the price that is set. But the real question is what's most important amongst all of those things is what it is worth. What determines what is worth? What determines its worth is what does it cost for you to create? Mm -hmm. For it to be made, for it to come into existence. So this is the prime example everyone kind of talks about it are Nikes, Air Jordans. Mm -hmm. The cost to make those shoes, last time I checked, was about four or five dollars, maybe a little higher now. Four or five dollars per shoe. Those shoes are going for 250 or more. <laughs> you know, right. Once, once you go to the store and buy for 250, now they're a limited supply. So now the value of it goes up because other people in their in their eyes. Other people want it, and they right. know they weren't there at the beginning to get it, so they understand it's going to cost them more to pay for it. But the thing is, it still only costs five or six dollars to make it. Right. So, so what we have to understand is, when we purchase things, when we use our money, if we're a business, the purpose of a business is to gain a profit. When you when you go have a job, we all know that the purpose of every human being is to be self sufficient. We're right. also self-sufficient. And in order to do that, we have to be able to provide for ourselves. Right. Our expenses, food, clothing, shelter, and other things. But if we go out and work and we don't make enough, enough money to pay for our expenses, then we're working at a loss. Right. We're going to work and we can't, can't afford to exist. So we're in a business, even though we don't, we don't consider ourselves to have a business, but we're operating the same as a business. You need profit to keep going along. So you right. try to lower your costs, you try to lower your bills, you try to lower your expenses, and you try to make more money. And so this is what you make, and these are your expenses. And I always looked at it, well, I need more fat, profit. I need more profit so I can do more things. So all, uh, my mindset was always, hey, I gotta make some more money. I gotta make some more money. Well, if I'm trying to expand the fat, 
How about if I lower my expenses? That's right. going to put more fat also, more profit. So when we make our money, when we go on a job, when we bring our money home, we need to be more considerate, think more about what things cost, what so we can get more out of our profit. So if we can get it closer to the cost, then we have more profit and we can do more things and advance our lives more. And that was one of the, that was the basic principle that I learned that changed the dynamics of everything, everything that I did. And but then, oh, go ahead. What I was going to say is we don't think of ourselves as being in the business, but we really are. Right. That's a different perspective of looking at it, the way you put that. But it was something you were saying um, earlier about how it changed your way of thinking in regards to where you park at. Explain that again. Because yeah. <laughs> um, my dad thought like that. That's why I was saying that. Because he always be like, I'm like, Dad, why don't you park in the front? I'm not parking in the front. You need to walk. You need to get out and go to the back and park where you got, you know. So that touched something when you said that. <laughs> yeah, why? I mean, I read the book, The Magic of Thinking Big. And it talks about how we don't think big. We don't think grandiose. We don't think that we're worth certain things. And one of the examples um, that he talked about was going to the, going to the store, grocery store, department store, whatever. And uh, and I was guilty of it. Most times when I go, I kind of like go in the back, right, and then kind of move my way forward. If I find a seat, I mean, I find a place to park. Okay, then I grab. It, you know, might not be the first one. I see one a little further, then I then I go a little further. But once I got this concept, I started going toward going at the front to the front of the store and then moving away. So the first one I saw would be the closest one to right. the store. And it would save me time. It would save me effort. You know, I can right. get anything out. You know, it's just being more efficient with whatever we have. Otherwise, I'm parked way in the back. And don't let it rain. Oh, boy. Now, <laughs> I've got to walk further. You know, so right. it takes less time. If I'm carrying bags, it's just a bigger strain on me. But I can park down front. There's a reason why they have the handicapped park spots down front. Because right. it's more convenient. I'm not a handicapped, right. but I want the closest parking space I can get. Right. <laughs> you know? So these are the things, little things, little things that benefit us over the course of life. And some some people say, oh, that's being cheap and, you know, go ahead and park in the back. It doesn't make any difference, yada, yada, yada. But when you take those, when you ask this question, the question was asked to me, what would you rather have? Um, half a million dollars or a penny every day, doubling every day for 30 days? Hmm. Half a million dollars, $500,000. So a penny a day doubling. So the first day you have one penny, then you have two pennies, and you have four pennies, and you have eight. What would you rather have? Probably doubling because you probably reached five hundred thousand dollars and then surpassed that time period, right? Through the doubling, yes. So that little bit at a time, it multiplies. It right. Here and there and everything that we do, and what it right. does, is it, it gives you more fat. It gives you more right. fat, and and that's the purpose. But, you know, and the concept of, I looked at money different also, you know, like, like most people. And once I realized that money was a tool, so let me ask you something. If I were to give you a million dollars right now, well, let me back up, let me back up. <laughs> Do you want money? Let me just start there. <laughs> I want to jump the gun. Do you want money? Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. How come I don't? Okay, so 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 if I would give you a million dollars right now, mm. you're gonna take that million dollars and go, you've seen it on TV, 
and go spread it on your bed. Just go lay out in it. Oh, I got my million dollars. Oh, I'm just happy. Or you stack it up in the corner someplace. And every day you come home, look at that, I got a million dollars. Here's my million dollars. I'm just so happy. That's what you're going to do with your million dollars? No, that's not what I'm going to do. So what you going to do with it? Me personally, you personally, I would sit down and plan out how I was going to spend it. That's first, before I touch it. I so would. How are you going to spend it? Yeah, I would have to. Or I know it would be stuff put away, but I would want to. My first thought, if I'm being honest, is property. Because I know that it gets equity and all the different kind of stuff. That would be my first thought to at least uh, buy a property. Maybe okay. for, um, down here it's cheap. Like probably $100,000 or something to get you a decent house that's down here. And, 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 that's, and that's what most people do. Most right. But so you're not going to keep the money. I am going to keep it. No, you said you don't buy property. That's just a hundred thousand dollars of it. Um, let's just take that hundred thousand dollars. And it's pretty right. obvious. It's pretty obvious that you don't want the money. You want what money can get you. Okay. So okay. okay so you really don't want the money. money. <laughs> you, want, you want what the money can get you. So okay. So and it also changed my my concept, my way of thinking. So um, if if I were to trade you, let's say you want a property. If I were if right. I were to say to you, okay, well I have a property, and you have a car that I want, I'll trade you that car for that property. Would you take the property? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so change, you got what you wanted. It didn't cost you any money, did it? You didn't have to have yes, money. Sir. What you want is the property. Right. Okay. So when we expand, when we start thinking about differently about what we really want, we don't want money. Right. We want what it gets us, the cars, the jewelry, the hair extensions, the vacations, property. Right. That's what we want. And even with the investments, we want the money so we can go on vacation or whatever we want to do. So it's not right. the money. Money is just what we use. People get caught up on the money and they don't understand that it's a tool in order to get us someplace else. It's not the end result. That's the, basically that's the point. Okay, right. I got you. Right. So it it, it changes the game. It changes right. the game what you want. Okay. So how can you do that? And so so many principles about money, I didn't think about. People talk. People rent. A lot of people rent. And does renting make sense? People say, "Well, I can't. Right. Afford, I can't afford a house. I can't afford to buy a house." Okay, why not? Okay, so the way it works is I buy a house. I'm a landlord. Mm -hmm. And let's say I buy a um, $200,000 house. My payment is $900. Say $900. Okay, mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm, I'm paying for the house. I may have to come up with my own money. May not. Depends on how I buy it. There's something else we can talk about. Later on, that you know, that I teach people about how to buy right. money. But um, what what we'll do is, I'll buy the house. It costs me my mortgage costs me nine hundred dollars. Right. But I'm going to rent it for fifteen hundred. Right. Twelve hundred. You're going to come along and rent it. You're going to pay twelve hundred dollars for a house I pay. I'm paying nine hundred dollars for. I own it. Right. And you're renting it. Right. You can't afford to rent it. <laughs> really. You need to buy it because it saves you $300 and there are other advantages. 
Right. People saying, well, hey, that sounds good. But, you know, how many people, you know, when can you buy houses? You know, don't have to come to the table with, with any money. Well, I tell you, the first five houses my wife and I bought, right? we didn't put up any money. Well, let me put yeah, that. I didn't, we, we didn't put up enough for here. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so that's financial literacy, right? You learn yeah. that if someone helped you and shared that information with you, so that sped up the process of you buying a home. And, right. a, and, 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 and a home is, think about this, think about this for a minute. If I go to buy gold, and I don't know what the price is right now, I say it's 3,000 ounce, I think it's more, I think it's quite a bit more, I say 3,000 ounce. Right. In order for me to buy an ounce of gold, I have to put up $3,000. Right. I put that up, and then from there, I had to put up $3,000 to start making the profit if it goes up. I can buy a house, a, a, a $200,000, quarter of a million dollar house, maximum, maximum, and put down 20%, right? $250,000 home, put up okay. 20%. That's $50,000. But I control, I have 100% control over that quarter of a million dollar asset. Mm. The value that house goes up, I get all of that. Because I'm buying out. The bank doesn't get it. I get right. it. Because I get my checks of taxes managers and different things like that. So buying real estate is one of the few assets you can purchase without having to really have all of the money to control it. And that's what you want. You want to control. You want control. Money gives you control over your life. Okay. So you want to control the money on where it goes so that that money is working for you and not working for other people. Right. So it really comes down to us thinking and understanding. And this is everything. This is everywhere. I don't care what you get. I don't care what you buy. I don't care what you spend your money on. You know? And we have to start thinking differently. We, we've been caught up into this. We, we're, we're a consumer. So, so caught up on being consumers. And um, we don't understand that they, they give us this, oh, well, I, I've heard people, you've heard it too, I'm sure. Uh, people will say, I only buy brand name stuff. <laughs> well, everything has a brand name. Everything is a brand right. name. Right. I don't care if it's Payless. That's a brand name, you know, but but we get caught up in it. And particularly with our food, that's what's so crazy. Um, but let me ask you this. When you when you go to a restaurant, or, or, or just say you're on the street, and, and a vendor or somebody, you eat a ball game, and they got that little yellow thing with the mustard in it, and you squirt it out on a hot dog. Right. Or the red one with the ketchup. What kind of ketchup yeah. is that? What kind of ketchup? What brand is it? I have no idea. Who makes the bread? <laughs> Who makes the rice? I have no idea. Who makes the cheese? It doesn't right. matter. <laughs> you know, because when we're eating it, you know, if we want relish, it doesn't matter whose relish it is. When we put it on there, mm, that's some good. We don't even think about it. Right. That's right. We don't think about what kind of bread it is. So, right. So how really, really how important are those things to us as the end consumer? That makes we'll perfect sense. It. We'll spend more for it, though. Because it's got that brand name on it, but it costs and look, more. And them, them hot dogs on the street, they'd be about what? Four or five dollars? Yeah, come on. <laughs> they what Especially in D.C., downtown, yes. and they get them cars. Yes. Yeah, we don't we don't even ask. We go right. to McDonald's. We don't know what bread, what yeah, bread food, french fries. So, so all these things are going on around us. Right. This consumerism where um, we're paying for more than we have to. Um, right. Since my wife and I uh, moved uh, to Panama, 
uh, we, we it, it really hit us. You know, we weren't in the brand, you know, brand names and certain things. When Hudson's come to Panama, they have their own, they have a more, a more localized um, um, products. And right. there's a store where you can go get American product, brand products. The thing about that is you're going to pay for it. You're going to mm -hmm. pay more because it's imported. So, but but eating the, the beans, you know, sugar, um, sodas, drinks, chips, don't even pay any attention to it. As long as it tastes good. And sometimes right. you have to put seasoning on it, you know, certain types of vegetables, particularly if you get it in the can. But we're getting fresh stuff. But I'm just, you know, saying the comparison. People, people frown at people who don't get brand names, but they're full. They belch. Right. They go to the bathroom. They do the same right. thing you do what you're eating, but you might have to put some more seasoning, you know. So right. you need to change the way that we think about money. And we're, and we're using it every day. Every day. And yeah, and I think that depends on who you have, because we, we had that conversation before and I was explaining how I um, am guilty of being one of those people and my husband is not. So every grocery store um, that we go to uh, is because he was like, I just tried this store out. You ever heard of Aldi's? Aldi's and uh, Price Right. That's the store right now. And I'm like, I'm not going there. That was me. Oh, uppity. I'm not. Price Right. That shop right. That was me, right? That was, I was wrong. And I was, but see, I ain't saying nothing if he going in there buying the groceries, right? So he come on with bags and stuff. I'm like, wow, you know, and then the stuff tastes good. And I said, what is wrong with me? So I think sometimes it takes somebody um, from the outside uh, changing your perspective, you know? So mm -hmm. my husband is like the kind of person who, um, you ain't going to like deter him from stuff. If he want to do something, that's what he going to do. So it didn't matter. I was all acting up. He like, I ain't going to that. He was just like, came right home with it. And I'm like, wow, we sitting there spending double. And then he brought home, home stuff that's like half and less than half. And it tastes wonderful. All these produce is wonderful. You know? Yes. Comes, yes. You know? Yes. And um, yeah, so I think it just depends on who you're around. And it just changes your perspective, you know? It's a great place to go get chocolate, too. Yes, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Inexpensive, delicious. Yeah, absolutely. So so yes, between that and price right, it's you know. But I think the brand thing, yeah, a lot of people are caught up on it because it's it's like a programming, you know. Oh, it is. So yeah. Because when you look at it, the, the big names, the reason the, the only reason why the product costs more is because they spend more money in promoting it, in ads, in commercials. They pay to put it on the shelves in the stores. So yes. back to the cost for you that's finding value. The cost right. for you to manufacture it and now everything it costs for you to bring it to market. You have to recoup all that money. So you make it sound special. You make it look special. You give it the bright colors. You give it all that stuff because I got to make that money back, you know, in order for me to sell it at a higher price. So it's... That makes make sense. But you understand it, you know, because here we get everything. We get vegetables, food, fish meats fresh so it, it's, right. very, it's very expensive and it tastes different too i always hear people from different who are in different countries and they say how the produce tastes better Ooh, Doesn't I, it? I, I keep hearing this i can't wait to uh, travel <laughs> never, I, I never I, I didn't like pineapples before when i came here a friend of ours um, we went over the house he chopped up some some pineapples and, and, gave, and gave it to us 
And it, I, it was like eating an orange. It was so sweet. I couldn't yeah. stop. I couldn't stop. Before it was bitter. You know how you get that bitter taste in the back of your yes. jaw? But, but it's yeah. so sweet. We love it. I, I try to eat yeah. it every day. Exactly. And um, I had a, a client who's uh, from Africa, and she was explaining how the produce, she said, dog just tastes so different. You don't understand the difference in the mm-hmm. produce. Fresh. Um, you know, yes, it, it's a way to create a But to get just a, real quick, jump back to that answer whether you want yes. a penny, penny doubling or, or half a million dollars, you're correct. A penny doubling comes out to over, I think, it's like 1.2 million, something like that. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but we, those are things, there's so many, so many little gifts um, that we don't know, we aren't taught. And the people who understand it, take advantage of those of us who don't understand it, who aren't thinking about it. I got the money, I'm going to spend it. That's what they want you to do. <laughs> that helps. You know, so we're going to, we're going to show people um, how to best take advantage of their money, how to look at their money. And um, I was able to, to leave my job. Um, after five years, once I learned, I started implementing um, these concepts that I learned. And so, so here, here's another, and these are just little things to kind of get people thinking. If we all have expenses, let me, let me back up. When can you, if, well, you're the wrong person to ask, but I'm going to ask this of you <laughs> because you work for yourself. Um, you're getting off the plantation. Um, <laughs> not, not the plantation, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one with the whip. Uh, so, for those, of you, for those of you who are out there, listen. Um, the question is, when will you be able to retire? You know, you know your age now. When will you be able to retire? What do you think about that? And it's yeah. even people going to say in a couple of years when I turn this age or this year. You know, you'll say not, you know, 2025 or whatever, but those are all wrong. Yeah, yeah, you can. But really, really, when you say retire is when you don't have a job, you don't have to go to that job. So this is why I'm going to ask everyone to start thinking and really start. Look, my aunt said, ask me. (laughs) She said, ask me. (laughs) When are you going to retire? When can you retire? (laughs) <laughs> she's in the chat yeah she's in the chat that's my one little viewer for today she made me feel so special this is the first one out so, she so said, I keep, if I keep working 76 to 80 years old whoo honey oh no we gotta get you up off that ma'am that's your aunt she's 21 now she's 21 now no, 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 no. My aunt is in her 50s. So she's saying by the time she's 76 to 80 years old, she's going to retire. That's what she said. Okay. And and she's probably calculating that from, you know, her income and, you know, how, how long she has to work on a job and things like that. Right. Okay. So what I would ask her is, um, if you will, you're, you're working on your job right now and you have expenses, there are expenses that she has. So if you could generate enough money, and, and, and let's just think about your lifestyle and the money right. that you have coming in. If you could generate 
part-time. Let's say, let's say 10 hours a week. Put in 10 hours a week and you could generate more money than your expenses, whatever your expenses are. Let's say they're four thousand. Let's say it's four thousand dollars a month. If right. You generate eight thousand dollars a month. Would you have to keep working? Side on part time. Part time. You heard. You heard what he said, Ryan. If you could make eight thousand dollars a month, would you still keep working? Part time. Working? Four hours. Part time. Right. Say, 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 two, say two hours a day. Two, two hours, hours a day. If you could generate eight thousand dollars a month, where you mm. make. Where your expenses were four thousand dollars a month, would you have to keep working? Well, I'm answer see. for her because <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> okay, I see. I see now. Okay, she's in the in the comments. Yeah, that's her lighting my comments up. That's how she be doing text messages. You get Hello, like Trey. sixteen messages. <laughs> how you doing, Trey? That's my mother's sister. <laughs> okay. Oh yes, I know your sister very well. Yes, <laughs> they was in a picture together, Trey. <laughs> She said part time ten hours a week at a hundred dollars an hour, four thousand, eight thousand a month. <laughs> no. You wouldn't quit. I know I would quit because I could no. flip that eight thousand a month. <laughs> so maybe maybe your expenses are higher. But I'm saying if your oh, expenses yeah. are thousand, if your expenses are around four thousand, and you can you can adjust it to whatever your expenses are. So if you right. can make double what your expenses are. Oh. Okay. So if you if you if you can make enough part time that doubles right. your expenses. Okay. Um So we're going to stop this interview right here and we're going to continue the last portion of it which is approximately 30 minutes on season 3. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate anybody who listened to any portion of this podcast. So this brings season two to a close. If you rolled out with us, we appreciate it. And also, if you would like to be a guest on season three, please visit DidItMakeYouSmile.com. Fill out the questionnaire and someone will be back to you. We have not set a tentative date yet for season three. But the goal is for winter of 2022 so we can have a nice break.